Hey, yo, ladies, gentlemen, fellas, 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 with week three in the books, we look ahead now to week four, and it's going to be our early week best plays type of a video here. My name is Sal Vetri, and welcome to the channel, ladies, gentlemen, fellas, fellas, fellas. I'm excited to have all of you after what was a very successful week three all across the board. The stacks that were chalky and all that type of stuff played well. The chalky running backs got you there in some situations, especially if you're playing uh, different types of cash games. Uh, overtime helped some of those running backs, uh, i.e. Miles Sanders to an extent. But the big one was Dallas and Seattle, some of those obvious kind of spots to stack lineups. And it paid off for now what is like every single week for Dallas so far this season. So something to keep an eye on as we move forward and probably continue to play those players as they're going to be on this slate again from both Seattle and Dallas in spots that have another 50 plus points implied. So so we're going to go through every single position. If you're brand new here, welcome. I cover daily fantasy sports with the head honcho right now in town in the NFL is going to get a lot of the attention. And I put out a lot of content in both podcasts and YouTube video form. And you can go to my Twitter at DFS. I usually pin up my schedule to start every single week. And you can see that we're doing about one to two shows usually every single day during the NFL season for sports betting, DFS, season long, all that type of stuff. So if you want to be as informed as possible, but not put in all that time that it takes, you just come right here and I try and give it to you in a nice digestible manner. Before we start with the week four best picks early on, the week that is please do hit the like button for me one time and the big old subscribe button as we are going to be approaching 30,000 subscribers this week i appreciate all of you a ton if you're not already subscribed and you have seen content of mine before take two seconds of your time bottom right hand corner whether you're on the podcast or the youtube channel you'll find the youtube channel subscribe button in that bottom right hand corner so thank you so much in advance and this video is going to be sponsored by SuperDraft. what SuperDraft is is a multiplier format so you're sim- familiar with DraftKings and FanDuel and all these other sites that have salary caps it's a multiplier format so you just multiply somebody's projection so russell wilson if he has a 1x multiplier you multiply his points by 1x if you're going to have somebody let's say like joe burrow with a 1.3x multiplier for an example he gets an extra 30 percent bump to his points so that's the whole point of the game here the game theory it's going to be very projection heavy but also you're going to be getting ownership still in there so a lot of people i got a screenshot of somebody taking down the week three contest winning like two thousand dollars one of the the smaller contests in there they have a fifteen thousand dollar first contest every week if you use the promo code sal sal you will get a 50 percent deposit match all the way up to a thousand dollars they'll give it to you in a slow drip format which pretty much cancels out the rake but i had another guy dm me and say yo this contest for the sunday night football slate is only filling at 50 percent the contest only filled at 50 percent if you max it out you literally have like a five to ten percent chance of just winning based on the pure entries that you have and obviously if you're maxing it out you probably are better than most people in that are playing like one or two lineups so be sure to check out SuperDraft. link down below the contests aren't filling nowhere near close especially if you're playing like some of the showdown slates so promo code sal sal get you that 50 percent deposit match up to a thousand dollar ruskies Let's get into this bad boy. Let's get into it right now. We're going to start with the quarterback position and all the studs are on the slate as it appears right now. You can start all the way up top. These are my early interests to start the week. My final interests, my projections, my closing thoughts, podcasts, my rankings, all that stuff will be on Patreon as the week goes on. That schedule is also up on Twitter. So you can check out my Patreon link down below. Tons of stuff going to be involved in there. If you want even more tools and projections and rankings and all that type of stuff that will help you have a better chance being more informed and having a better chance to win. So Russell Wilson, 7,800 continues to be a monster right now. Him and Josh Allen are going toe to toe for MVP. I think it's Russell Wilson by a decent amount, especially just the way that he's winning these games right now against some tough opponents so far, like the Patriots and the Cowboys from the last couple of weeks, the defense is going to have to get a little bit better for them to kind of withstand this heading into any type of playoffs down the stretch. But Miami ranks right now actually pretty close to top 10 in pressure rates, but they are dead last in coverage. So you have Russell Wilson, who's balling the hell out right now, who has clear options to be throwing the ball to with Tyler Lockett, the man that he's just going to throw so many targets, pepper him with targets, DK Metcalf, who's going to be getting all these bombs downfield, whether it's play action or Russ taking a three-step drop and just giving him a one-on-one chance that he 
has converted a lot of them so far in his NFL career through a little over a season. And this game is opening up with a total of 54 and a half. So you're going to tell me that the Seahawks are going to come in with another 30 plus point total. Chris Carson, who got hurt in that last game, might actually be out. Yes, Carlos Hyde models out pretty closely to Chris Carson. I'm sure if Carson was to miss, they'd feel fine giving Carlos Hyde, the rookie DJ Dallas, and some of Travis Homer to an extent, 20 plus touches, 30 touches on the ground. But if indeed they go through the week one format where against Atlanta, even when they were up big in the second half, they went and started throwing the ball even more with Russell Wilson. Well, then there's no reason not to like Russ. The price point is expensive at $7,800, but I will be having Seattle stacks. I will be having stacks with Lockett. I will be having stacks with Metcalf. Greg Olson did get involved. He did have a pretty decent game. I'm not sure if I'll be putting him right now in my overall groups, but we'll know later in the week. But yes, I do think Russell Wilson's in play. Probably not going to go there and cash at the price point. I like to look for a little bit of a cheaper quarterback. There's a lot of $7,000 plus quarterbacks this week. There's like six of them because a lot of these guys, their mobility, this is what's happening. The last year to two years in DraftKings, they're starting to catch up on the mobile quarterbacks that have upside. We obviously saw this last year with Lamar. We saw it to an extent with Patrick Mahomes, who he didn't have as much mobility, just really popping off, but he had that little mobility at an aspect. And now any quarterbacks that are going to be throwing like 35 plus times in a good offense that has good pass catching weapons with a nice total. And if they run the ball a little bit, they're probably going to be $7,000 on this slate. You see that with Patrick Mahomes at $7,400. I think Patrick Mahomes is a pretty decent play. I don't think New England's defense is as good as it was last year. Their secondary is pretty stout still, but they rank 11th in coverage, 9th in pressure right now. You're getting Patrick Mahomes to open up as about a seven point favorite in a game that is a 50 plus point total. It's just the obvious stacking options and he's relatively cheap. Normally we're used to seeing Mahomes at like 78. $8,000, $8,000, right? The the Lamar Jackson price point this week. Russell Wilson's more expensive than him. I'm recording this on Monday before the Monday night football game. So if something crazy happens to Patrick Mahomes, if he gets hurt or something like that, or if he goes off and I don't mention something, just know that you can just kind of skip this part if anything crazy happens. But yes, Mahomes stacking options are fantastic. We'll see what happens with Sammy Watkins concussion, Tyree Kill, Kelsey. Again, if any of these guys get injured, obviously it's because I'm recording it before that. Dak Prescott, you like to see what you're seeing right here. Pretty much just getting 40 plus attempts per game at this point. He's back to back 400 plus yard games, uh, 50 plus attempts in this last one. There's a 54 over overall total. Cleveland is a pretty good defensive line. They're sixth in pressure right now, but not as good when it comes to the secondary play. We'll see what happens with their, with their, some of their injuries in their secondary, but I like Dak. The stacking options are pretty clear. You still have a pretty fairly priced Amari Cooper, pretty fairly priced Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, who didn't play on that last drive, which was pretty interesting to see, not playing in a lot of the two minute drills. He got a hot start early on, but then he didn't do anything in the second half. We'll see if anything comes up on an injury report later in the week. Maybe that kind of says why, but CeeDee Lamb still in the 5k range. Dalton Schultz is still a cheap option who saw a decent amount of targets. Not a great target share just 10 percent, but he did see some volume with six targets there's a lot of spots to go with Dak. 7200 dollars a lot of these guys look pretty similar up here if i'm playing one of them i'd probably go all the way up to russ in that matchup but i'm going to be playing a good amount of them now we start to get out of this range and seven thousand dollars flats the last seven thousand dollar quarterback i'm interested in kyler murray and we mentioned it on the show kyler murray's rushing ability is keeping him afloat his passing has not been that great now he got 270 passing yards but he threw three picks so his passing in terms of fantasy and real life right now has not been that great his mobility on the ground is bailing him out that's sixty eight hundred dollars last week it did it again five attempts, 29 yards, and he had a rushing touchdown, a very nice rushing touchdown as well. What's going to be pretty important here is that Carolina ranks 30th in pressure rate. So the scrambles, everything, the design runs, if they go there, normally he's scrambling, not having design runs set up for him. That's going to be nice. It's a 51 point total. So they have implied for a pretty big spot here in terms of points after coming off of a loss against the Detroit Lions. They rank 29th in coverage. It's just a nice spot. Look, Kyler Murray at $7,000, he has to get you that mobility to pay off, but it's going to be pretty consistent at this point for him to be rushing five to eight to 10 times, depending on what the game flow is going to be. We'll see if he gets Christian Kirk back. You saw Keyshawn Johnson step in for Christian Kirk from a snap standpoint. Andy Isabella did not really see a huge difference in his game. He obviously saw like production wise, but like snaps wise, he was still the wide receiver for. He just found the end zone a couple times, four catches for over 40 yards. But yeah, right now, Kyler Murray at $7,000. 
he's been the cash quarterback for like three weeks. His price tag only goes up $200 in a fantastic matchup with a good team total. He's going to look like a very strong cash option yet again this week. But I am concerned that if somebody, I don't think it's going to be Carolina, but if somebody can just stop him from finding the end zone, right? And just finding a lot of rushing yards on the ground and getting you pretty much like eight to 10 fantasy points plus on the ground each week that he has so far. If somebody stops that and he has to rely on his passing game, it has looked like a concern, but I think this matchup is fine. It's neutralizing. You get into the 6K range now. I have interest in Deshaun Watson. Minnesota ranks 22nd in coverage. They rank 23rd in pressure. Will Fuller came back last week and he looked good. Randall Cobb finally in the middle of the field was getting open and he developed some sort of a connection with Deshaun Watson. It's a 52 overall total. They have a four point favorite right now in this Houston team coming off a loss against Pittsburgh. I like him right now averaging about 19 fantasy points per game. He'll probably project out for a little bit above that when my projections drop on Patreon. Again, you can get him linked down below on Wednesday. Cam Newton. So Cam Newton continues to just be dominating on the ground. Now he didn't have a crazy good game. Didn't find the end zone like he has twice the previous two weeks on the ground, but he still gets the usage on the ground. Nine carries for 27 yards. It's going to open up there. Rex Burkhead was actually getting the goal line touchdowns this week instead of Cam Newton. I don't expect that to continue. He'll have a fine matchup against KC where it's going to be a 50 plus point total. And this is going to be a nice spot because they're going to be like seven point underdogs. So Cam's probably going to have to throw 35 times. You're probably going to get a minimum of five to six, probably eight to 10 rushing attempts from Cam Newton. Yes, all the way up to that much against the Kansas City defense that right now it hasn't been that great. 15th in pressure, pretty average. 25th in coverage, not great. You're going to have Nikhil Harry and Julian Edelman who are still seeing a lot of work. You just didn't get a lot of pass attempts out of Cam Newton in that last game. They're running the ball a lot with a bunch of different running backs. JJ Taylor saw double digit attempts. Rex Burkhead led the way in the backfield. Cam Newton himself saw another nine carries. So they didn't have to throw a lot. I think in this game, they're going to have to throw a lot as they beat uh, pretty handily the Las Vegas Raiders by about two scores in that last game and were leading the entire time. So Cam Newton, I think at $6,400 is too cheap. He'll probably be a very strong cash consideration with Kyler Murray. And with the cheaper price point, maybe you go there a little bit more because, you know, you can get up at some other positions. And then some other quarterbacks to be talking about here, at least Lamar Jackson's 8,100. Obviously, we know how good Lamar is. They're going to be huge favorites here in this spot, 13 point favorites against Washington. There's a decent pressure rate and a decent secondary so far from Washington thus far. I just don't know how much you have to get up to Lamar at 8,100. Maybe if there's just a play of the week at $4,000 at running back or minimum price guy that you can get into your cash lineups and you just want to secure like 22 plus fantasy points or 20 plus fantasy points from Lamar. But in this spot, there's so many other good quarterbacks on the slate. Russell Wilson, Mahomes, Dak, Kyler Murray, Cam Newton, all those guys we just talked about that are cheaper, that have mobility as well. I'm probably not going to get there. They're not as big as favorites, which usually leans more towards the running game. Probably won't get there as much. Josh Allen at 7,300. The only $7,300 quarterback that I'm not fully interested in at this point. And it's mainly just because I like the other ones a little bit better. From a GPP standpoint, yeah, he's fine. It's just a matter of who you're going to stack him up with as your second option, right? John Brown went down in that last game. So if John Brown's healthy, I like Josh Allen a little bit more from a GPP standpoint. I prefer others in cash. But yeah, Stefan Diggs will have a much better matchup where he got Ramsey last week. He'll have an inexperienced Arnett or, or Mullen or all these guys, LaMarcus Joyner in the slot against Oakland, a bad secondary that ranks bottom five through a couple weeks, bottom five in pressure rate right now. Josh Allen has just been fantastic. For somebody who never had a 300-yard passing game, he's had three in a row of 401 last week, another 300-yard game this past week. He had four total touchdowns and a rushing touchdown in week three. It's going to be about a 49 and a half overall total to open up here. It's a very good spot for Josh Allen. I'm fine with him in GPPs. I like to game stack. So like a second passing option, if there's not going to be any John Brown would have to be like Gabriel Davis, the rookie who's been out there a lot, maybe a Cole Beasley who did just hit the hundred yard mark, I believe on six receptions. So there are options there. I'll probably warm up to him as the week goes on. I assume his ownership will be lower. He's expensive though. So we'll see if we end up getting there. Joe Burrow's throwing like 50 something times a game right now. It's pretty crazy. Expect about 40 pass attempts a game because his defense is bad. And the offensive line when it comes to the run blocking is putting them in a lot of second and longs and third and longs, which sets up a lot more passes here. He had 7.1 yards per attempt, which was very good. It's, I mean, it's the league average, but very good compared to his 5.2 yards per attempt for the first two weeks. So that was good to see. He went for over 300 yards and had no interceptions, maybe developing a little bit of a rapport with the second round pick T Higgins, who had a very nice game. We'll talk about him when we get to the receivers. With John Ross inactive here, he has not done anything on the ground since week one. So that's something to keep an eye on because we like that mobility upside at 6,300. He's not cheap anymore, but keep an eye on that. And some other names to call out earlier in the week. Matthew Stafford got Kenny Galladay back. 
tougher spot against the New England secondary, but he's going to be in play. Gardner Minshew in a bounce back spot against Cincinnati will be in play. Drew Brees to an extent. I'm only interested in Drew Brees if Michael Thomas is back. I don't want to be stacking Drew Brees with Emmanuel Sanders and Traquan Smith or Alvin Kamara and Emmanuel Sanders. I just don't want to be doing it. Michael Thomas is back at a fair price point relative to where he's been for like the last year. If he's back and healthy, I'll get a little bit more Drew Brees and GPPs. No interest in cash. Jerry Cook also got banged up, so that hurts kind of the upside of a Saints stack and stacking options if he was to miss. Justin Herbert, back to back weeks of 300 plus yards. He's been looking very good through two weeks. He keeps his options sustainable. Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler have looked good in these two weeks with him. So I do think he's in play. He was my fourth highest owned quarterback in stack. He was like 8% of my lineups in week three and ended up working out pretty well. $5,800 at a fine spot against Tampa Bay. That's pretty much where I'm at. Ryan Fitzpatrick is somebody to look at against Seattle because their secondary has been so bad. They'll be playing from behind. He does have weapons out there that have been good. Devontae Parker getting healthier. Mike Gusecki in the middle of the field. And they also have Preston Williams and yada, yada, yada. So I think at $5,400, he's at least interesting to look at. Like I would not be shocked if a Ryan Fitzpatrick, Devontae Parker, Gusecki run it back with whichever receiver from Lock and Mecca, if you want, wins a GPP in this situation. Uh, so let's go now over to the running backs. And as we head to the running backs, take a second of your time and hit the big old like and subscribe button. You can get all these sheets where all there's a bunch of other stats as well. You can scroll through here and see a lot of stuff will be updated as the week goes on. Projections and rankings will be coming out middle of the week. Uh, showdown stuff, all that type of stuff. 20 plus pages of game by game notes, my closing thoughts podcast, all linked down below on Patreon if you want to go support me. Patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. Let's head into the running back position now. So early in the week at the running back position, there's some guys I like. Alvin Kamara is going to be at the top. He's fantastic. He's $8,000. These salaries came out before what he did last night because then they probably say, you know, what, let's make this guy $8,500. What he did last night was insane. Now he gets a Detroit defense that has just been putrid. Just ask somebody who I think looks a lot like Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones, who went absolutely ballistic against them week two. And just in general, most teams have been beating this team up on the ground. He had over half of the New Orleans Saints passing yards, over half as a running back. He produced 13 receptions, 139 yards and two touchdowns on 14 targets. He totaled 197 yards in week three against the Packers. And now he gets a better match yes the Packers are not great against the run but he did a lot of that in the air because he only had six carries but now he gets an even better matchup against Detroit if Michael Thomas is back I still like Alvin Kamara here Michael Thomas is out you're gonna get a number one wide receiver maybe on the entire slate and a number one running back maybe on the entire slate in Kamara he's gonna be a strong option in cash be a strong option in GVPs see what happens with Michael Thomas because that'll just increase the upside of Kamara Austin Eckler we saw what happened they're gonna be probably trailing in this one as well or at least coming in as underdogs against Tampa Bay and Tom Brady we saw what happens when he came in as an underdog last week he ends up going off with 11 receptions he ends up seeing a ton of targets he catches all of them all 11 for 100 catch rate and he out touches joshua kelly at 23 to 10 in a game script that says we have to pass more he out snaps him 53 to 26 this is good to see if you're an eckler owner it's good to see if you kind of stuck with him and didn't sell low on him herbert is a huge plus right now for eckler in my opinion he had 143 total yards and i do think they're going to be trailing again in this one he's in play for me mainly in gpps but again i think you can get to him in cash but mainly in gpps for me so without seeing what clyde Edwards Lair does on monday night i still have interest here he's just too cheap for a 75 plus percent opportunity share for getting all the goal line and red zone work right now for this team you can project him pretty easily for 16 plus touches 1.5 touchdowns per game over that number is what running backs score in this Patrick Mahomes offense and New England ranks only 22nd versus the run $6,400 is a little bit too cheap like he's, he was just $7,000 plus a week ago yes he got halted on the ground but he still got all the work and he ended up seeing five six receptions in the air and especially if he has a good game tonight or even goes off tonight hopefully he stays healthy so this is all relevant for everybody now but if he goes off tonight he's going to be like a thousand dollars under price so Clyde Bertillaire looked a little bit too cheap in my opinion Kenny and Drake continues to drop in price I mean he's been like 5,900 to 6,000 dollar tag but he should be more but he's getting all the work it's just Kyler Murray stealing all the rushing touchdowns Murray has like five rushing touchdowns so far getting a ton of rushing yards as well Kenny and Drake did have 18 carries and 19 overall touches for 79 yards last week it just didn't do much for you because he didn't get a lot of receptions just one reception overall yeah Chase Edmonds actually ended up seeing more targets and receptions doubled him with two targets and two receptions Murray stealing these rushing touchdowns I don't think that's going to sustain all year right I keep saying I don't think Murray's gonna score 20 rushing touchdowns well he's got five through three weeks so something's got to change and if it does you're getting all the volume right now for Kenny and Drake who's playing fine he's just not 
finding the end zone because his quarterback stealing it. Six thousand dollars in this matchup against Carolina, still fine. Buy the dip. Mike Davis looked good. I was hesitant at fifty-one hundred dollars. I had like seven percent of Mike Davis at the end of the day in my one fifties. I wish I got a little bit more, but it was still fine at the price point. Now he's fifty-seven hundred dollars. Price doesn't go up all that much for somebody who was the workhorse in this backfield. He played thirty-nine of forty-one snaps in the backfield. Now Curtis Samuel as a wide receiver also saw some. Davis saw sixty-eight percent of the design runs for this team, and he had a team leading nine targets and eight receptions. So if you're going to tell me that Mike Davis is going to go on there and be the goal line back, the red zone back, see like twelve carries on the ground, even if they're trailing, and then he's going to have the opportunity to, I'm not going to say see nine targets every week, but see five or six targets, bring in four or five receptions. This is a really good spot in this matchup against Arizona at $5,700. He looked like the most involved player on this offense in week three. He looked like somebody that Teddy Bridgewater really wanted to rely on, and he looked powerful. He looked like somebody who was breaking tackles. Mike Davis at $5,700 is definitely in play, and if you got him on your waivers, congrats to you. And then my final yes for right now is going to be David Johnson at $5,600, just too cheap of a price point. Look, he bailed himself out because he found the end zone last week. That's what's going to happen when you're on the field just so much. Nobody else did anything. CJ Procise, their running backs are like one touch. It's David Johnson's backfield. Now, Minnesota ranks 31st, second worst against the run through three weeks. And like I said, he got bailed out because he scored a touchdown in week three. He had 15 total touches for 46 yards. But again, CJ Procise, just one touch in the backfield in terms of carries. He's the workhorse here. Now he gets a better matchup. He's still too cheap at 5,600. If you're going to tell me that he's going to run 25 to 30 routes, if you're going to tell me that he's going to see in a neutral game script, not one where they're trailing by a good amount like they were against Pitt in a really tough matchup like they had against Pitt, if he's going to see 15 touches on the ground, maybe two or three receptions, it's a good spot at that price point. And then there's a lot of running backs that I want to at least monitor and look into. Zeke's obviously fine at 7,800. Nothing wrong with that. I'd rather have Kamara this week, but Zeke's going to be in play. He played 98% of the snaps. Tony Pollard should be dropped in all leagues unless you really want to have him as a handcuff in a deep league, but 98% of the snaps. Continues to be heavily involved in the passing game where he sees 12 targets. He had a couple of drops, so he only brings in six receptions on 10 targets. It was 18% share. He does have a tough matchup against Cleveland that has a good defensive line, but he's involved in so many different aspects, especially around the goal line, especially in an offense that's getting to the red zone a lot. He's fine, of course. Similar analysis for Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry, who played each other last week and both had great spots. Dalvin Cook had pretty much like a career game. He had 24 total touches for 199 yards, now gets a good spot against Houston. He'll be in a lot of my GPP exposures. I would assume probably somewhere around 10 to 15% of my lineups, if indeed the projection that I have for him is going to pan out. Derrick Henry against Pitt, tougher spot now for him. He sees another week though of 25 plus touches, getting 28 total, 26 on the ground and two receptions. Had 130 total yards and two touchdowns last week. You can expect 20 plus touches. It is just a tough matchup. If that keeps his ownership down, I'm usually below the field on Derrick Henry. I have been the last couple of weeks, but if the ownership is lower, there's probably a baseline in my projections while I'll be getting to him. Nick Chubb does seem like a game flow independent back. He had 19 carries and he had a good game goes over 100 yards, gets in the end zone. But Kareem Hunt had 16 carries and Kareem Hunt was on the field a lot in the fourth quarter as they were trying to come back and they ended up getting a pretty decent lead then on Washington. But that's concerning because he is not a three down back now at all. He's just an early down back. He's going to be very game flow dependent and they're going to come into this one as underdogs against Dallas, which is a little bit of a hesitation for me. Jonathan Taylor was relatively chalky. I think I got 15%, which might've been below the field last week, but it didn't pan out all that much. He had a decent game, to be honest with you. Now he has a top five run defense, which is a concern, but in a 36 to seven win, they had two defensive scores against Sam Donald, two pick sixes. So that limits the amount of offensive plays that they could ram. So you saw him see 13 carries for 59 yards and a touchdown. Got a little bit involved in the passing game, but these are fine stat lines. It's just now the price point has dropped because of a tougher matchup. I don't think they're going to get two pick sixes again as a defense, although their defense has been very good so far. Number one overall defense through three weeks. But Jonathan Taylor, I think is fine. He might move to a yes later in the week. It is just a little bit of a concern in the matchup. This would be a nice spot to see if he's actually going to be game flow independent and sees a couple more targets if indeed they're not getting much going on the ground. James Robinson, he got priced up really quickly. 
it's deservingly so because he is the workhorse in a backfield. Now it's a really good match against Cincinnati. He ended up seeing in week three, 17 total touches for 129 yards and two touchdowns. He led the team in both carries and catches. Six catches last week. He led the team in carries as well with, I believe, 11. Now he gets a bottom 10 Cincinnati run defense. The price point is kind of concerning though because he's $100 away from Jonathan Taylor. He's only a couple hundred dollars away from Nick Chubb. And he's not that far off from guys like Dalvin Cook and Der- Derrick Henry, like only 1000 or $900 away. So Robinson is in play for me. I think the ownership will be low, but the price point is pretty steep pretty quickly. I'm not sure I need to get there just yet. Devin Singletary will be in play. The price point goes up $1,000. Just track Zach Moss. I don't know if I need to get here now. 17 total touches was really good to see him actually continue to see passes. Four receptions, five targets was a 16% share close to it on 33 Josh Allen attempts. He averaged 5.5 yards per carry, continues his efficiency from his rookie year on 13 carries in a tough spot. Now he gets a better spot here against Vegas. I think he's in play. $5,900 is a nice price bump, but only if Zach Moss is going to remain out. Joe Mixon has been brutal. Doesn't crack 50 yards yet again. Offensive line has been brutal. Giovanni Bernard is staying in as a third down back. These are not things you want to see if you own him. And Gio was productive in the passing game on third down, three catches, 55 yards. His price point remains low. It goes down $100 again. Matchup against the Jags, $5,800. I'm not totally out on him yet, but it is very concerning at this point. I don't think you can sell him in your season long leagues. You're going to sell him so low at this point. Henderson Jr. looked good on 20 carries for over 100 yards and a touchdown. He's at 5,800 in a sneaky, difficult spot against the Giants. I'd be selling high on him. I'm only interested if Cam Akers is out and they're saying that Cam Akers might be returning this week. Carlos sidetracked because you had an injury to Chris Carson. And then there's some other guys down here. Track James White's status if he is in, have some interest in him. If he is out, then Rex Perkett gets a little bit of a bump. Miles Gaskin is somewhat in play for me. I don't know though. 27 touches, 22 carries. He had 95 yards. This offensive line is not good. I don't think he's that good. He had 27 opportunities and he doesn't even crack 100 yards, right? He had 27 touches. He doesn't even crack 100 yards. So I don't know how good he actually is. I'm not expecting that again. And Seattle does have the number one run defense and they did kind of stonewall to an extent they had a big lead, two touchdown lead in the first and second half on Dallas, but they did stonewall Zeke to a good extent. And I will call out Antonio Gibson. It is a tough matchup against Baltimore. They will be big underdogs. His snap count went from 60 plus percent in week two to only 40%, 39% to be exact in week three. So that's a concern, but he did out touch McKissick. The next closest back in touches 12 to eight. I don't know if I really want Gibson here. $4,500. You'll probably get like eight to 12 touches like you did last week. So it's at least worth pointing out though. His snaps did go down, but maybe now they're going to be in a spot where they need a better pass catcher. You might see a little bit more Gibson. McKissick's a fine pass catcher, but it seems like he's being a little bit more involved when it comes from a usage standpoint to actually getting production. So now we move over to the wide receivers. There's a lot of them. I mean, we can talk about them. I'll scroll through some of them right now early in the week. A lot of them will be connected to my stacking options like we'll talk about in my final thoughts video. But while we're here, hit the like button for me one time. Hit the big old subscribe button while you're here. And in the bottom right hand corner, hit it. Hit the subscribe and notification bell. I appreciate that. Again, my schedule for all my content for the NFL season will be up on my Twitter. It's already up right now at DFS. You can check it out. Follow me over there, especially there's some other stuff going out there as well. So getting over here right now, I have interest in both Seattle guys. I know that they're going to be huge favorites in this one. So that's a concern, but a 30 point total doesn't mean it's all coming on the ground, especially if Chris Carson is hurt. So Lockett's still affordable at $7,000. He's getting so many targets, 13 more last week after already averaging eight per game to begin with. So he has 29 targets in three weeks. This guy's being heavily used and peppered with targets. And then DK gets a downfield targets. DK should have that big touchdown, got punched out. Still had a huge game last week, still found the end zone towards the end of that game. So I like both of these guys. They'll be in my stacks. It's going to be a 30 implied team total. It's too good to pass up. Alan Robinson, we were saying on the show all week long last week, He's going to blow up. We said it the week before that, but it's very similar to what Mike Evans was doing through the first two weeks last week with Jameis Winston. Not getting the production numbers, but getting all the targets and getting all the air yards. You should have traded for this guy. You should have played him in DFS. That's what happened this week. And he got to switch to a quarterback that helped him in Nick Foles to get a little bit of a bump. But 10 receptions, 123 yards and a touchdown on 
13 targets. The upgrade for Foles is going to help him a lot, in my opinion. We were calling the breakout. I think it continues. He's too cheap at 6,700. The Colts defense has been good, but Allen Robinson is an elite wide receiver, in my opinion, and he's underpriced. Keep an eye on Chris Goblin. Didn't have a great target share, just six targets, but found the end zone. Five catches, 64 yards, and a touchdown in week three. He's a fine option, and obviously, probably just mainly for me, stacks with Tampa Bay. Maybe I get a couple other spots at $6,500, but keep an eye on his ankle injury. I think it was an ankle injury late in that game. See what happens throughout the week. If he's out, it does help some guys like Scotty Miller, mainly Justin Watson, like we saw last week when he was out with a concussion. Keenan Allen, I like at 6,500, maybe a sell high spot in your season long leagues, but I think he's fine for DFS. $6,500, and you're looking at Herbert just staring this guy down right now. 17 targets in week three. Yeah, 17. Caught 13 for 132 yards and a touchdown. He looked very good, and Herbert's going to continue to be the starter here in a game that they're going to have to play catch up and a good matchup for Tim against Tampa Bay. Keenan Allen looks like one of the best wide receiver plays on the entire slate early on and a very strong cash consideration. Kenny Galladay, $6,000. He's going to get Marshawn Lattimore this week. I think he can beat that matchup, especially from a contested catch standpoint, but it's definitely a tough spot. But in his week three debut, he saw a team leading seven targets, six catches, 57 yards, and found the end zone. He's only $6,000. Will Fuller, I got interest here. Will Fuller looked very healthy in week three in a tough matchup against Pittsburgh. Now he gets the exact opposite against Minnesota, who's been down a bunch of cornerbacks, who has bad cornerbacks to begin with right now. He produced on five targets, four receptions, 54 yards, and a touchdown. So an 18.5% target share in week three. Now gets a strong matchup at $5,900. Yes, please. And I do think that there's opportunities to have some Houston stacks here. We know Deshaun Watson's ceiling. We know Will Fuller's ceiling, right? That's a nice combination. And then you have other options to choose from Randall Cobb and Brandon Cooks in there. And then a run back option of maybe the rookie Justin Jefferson we're about to talk about, Adam Thielen, Alvin Cook. I do think that's a sneaky spot to game stack uh, the Houston and Minnesota game early in the week. In the end, Devontae Parker right now, I like, but keep an eye on his injury status. He was definitely playing banged up on Thursday night, but he gets a little bit of the mini buy with 10 days off or so right now. And he's a nice option to run back your Seattle stacks with. Or maybe if you really want to get frisky and play Ryan Fitzpatrick and some stacks there with Devontae Parker and then running back the opposite side because they're going to have to be passing. But Devontae Parker looked good on Thursday night for being somebody that was banged up. It's a brutal Seattle secondary. So I think he's going to be fine at $5,700. And he might actually be lower owned. I think he'll be in a lot of my Seattle run back options. I have DJ Moore as a yes. He could be a maybe early in the week, but he had a bad week three. And you have Robbie Anderson continuing to produce. But I think a lot of people will be down on him, which lowers his ownership. Two catches for 65 yards and just four targets. By the dip here, I do think that Mike Davis is going to continue to not see eight and nine targets. Those are going to slowly be filtered over to DJ Moore in a situation where it's a nice matchup against Arizona. Patrick Peterson, I hate to break it to you. He's not good. He was not good all of last year. I know the name sounds like he's a good player still, but he's not good. He wasn't good last year. He has peaked in my opinion. I think he's still a quality player. I don't think he's an elite player that will shut down a guy like DJ Moore. So he's in play for me. And then we get to a list of very long list of maybes for me. Look, Hopkins is fantastic. He's just expensive. He should be a cash game priority if you can get him there, but don't try and jam him in if it makes you really weak at other positions. Another 10 catch over hundred yard performance for him. It's a nice spot again against Carolina, maybe the best spot. So yes, I'm going to be trying to play DeAndre Hopkins in cash because it just seems like a walking 20 to 30 fantasy points, but I'm not going to force it in if we don't get value at other positions. Michael Thomas is also in a fantastic spot against Detroit who has, yeah, Jeff Okuda, but that guy's not going to be guarding Michael Thomas. You have to see if he's healthy, probably only a GPP play for me in stacks of New Orleans. And then some other interests, if you're listening, Tyree Kill, Stefan Diggs will have a much lighter matchup now against Jalen Ramsey as he gets a bottom five secondary, so far ranked 28th in Oakland and very young players in our net and Mullen out there. You're going to have Cooper Cup played 90% of the snaps in week three and popped off nine catches over 100 yards in a touchdown. So a pretty whopping 32% target share overall. Solid spot this week against the Giants. Other names on the list. Other guys that are going to be in some of my stacks for team, one-off options as well. Amari Cooper, Juju Smith-Schuster, worth pointing out Deontay Johnson got hurt. And once he got hurt, Chase Claypool was already playing over James Washington in 
week three as the wide receiver three ended up seeing the most snaps on the team we'll get there in a second but maybe somebody to keep an eye on if Deontay Johnson is out for DFS this week and also your waiver wires Mike Evans Robert Woods Michael Gallup Tyler Boyd all these guys that I kind of talk about their quarterbacks they're going to be stacking options for me we don't have to get too in-depth on them they're good players they're getting open they're having production and they correlate with their quarterbacks some other options down here track DJ Sharks injury Odell is quickly fading away from me at $5,800 not sure if I'm going to get there but Dallas secondary again has been atrocious and they're really beaten up a woozy missed the game they had some injuries within that game Trevion Diggs is like their best cornerback right now as a rookie and yes he has looked okay and solid and has made some big plays but he has not been elite or anything like that so it's pretty easy for guys to get open against them julian edelman aj green cd lamb just some other names to kind of call out justin jefferson is the rookie i want to talk about seven receptions 175 yards had a 71 yard touchdown and that touchdown nine targets it was a coming out party for sure insanely impressive 36 percent target share so the volume was there another great spot against houston there can be some sneaky sh- snacks in this game like i said houston and minnesota i think either way it's sneaky stacks whether you want to play deshaun watson probably the spot that I like the most, but Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, and now Justin Jefferson, if this is who he's going to be, he was mainly like 99% of his snaps in the slot in college. He played on the outside in this one and he was a big play receiver for them. So it could be a nice spot to target. He is priced up now to $5,200, but I think it's fine. I don't know if I want to go to him just yet in cash, but the matchup is very good. CD Lamb at 5,400 is too cheap. Price point really doesn't change since last week. He had a hot start in week three, but then he didn't play much. Didn't play in the final two minute drive as Noah Brown came on the field. Cedric Wilson got a lot of long touchdowns, which kind of hurt. They had a lot of long touchdowns in general. Cedric Wilson, Michael Gallup had the long one, which kind of hurt CD Lambs in the middle of the 20s role, but he's definitely still in play at $5,400, especially if people now jump off of him and he's going to be lower on because Gallup had one big week. We'll kind of track that. And then some other names, Randall Cobb for those Houston and Minnesota stacks. Hunter Renfro will be an important guy to actually keep an eye on more times than not because you had no Henry Ruggs last week, so track his status. And Brian Edwards, the other rookie, ended up leaving and getting hurt. So what ended up happening was Zay Jones and Nelson Aguilar had to play, guys who were kind of washed up and not good. And Hunter Renfro saw a bigger usage game overall, had the best game out of all those players on Vegas in the receiving game. Let's talk about another rookie who kind of broke out. He's only $4,500 and gets a strong matchup against Jacksonville. I actually have interest in playing him, not cash, but in DFS tournaments and definitely picking him up across the board in waiver wires. Ross, John Ross was inactive, so Higgins got to lead his team, Cincinnati wide receivers, in snaps. 79% of the snaps, 57 total. He had five catches for 40 yards and two touchdowns, but the nice thing was nine targets. It was a 21.4% target share. Tyler Boyd was the leading receiver, and he looks like the alpha on this team ahead of AJ Green now, but T. Higgins had a nice connection. Nine targets is good to see. 21% target share at just $4,500. Chase Claypool, like I said, he ended up leading the Pittsburgh receivers with 76% of the snaps once Deontay Johnson went down saw only four targets but if Deontay Johnson misses Chase Claypool very much well might operate as the number two receiver ahead of James Washington because he was starting to do that in week three I'll call about another rookie because John Brown got hurt and he left and then Gabriel Davis in the second half caught all four of his targets for 81 yards and he's been playing on a lot of snaps had the second most snaps behind Steph Diggs that's another rookie to keep an eye on he's only $3,200 so if John Brown was to miss Gabriel Davis at $3,200 becomes a legit GPP option that is very cheap and opens up a lot of expensive players like Hopkins and like some of the running backs at the top of the list. I think that's all we can talk about right now. Just track the injuries of John Brown, of Deontay Johnson, Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, all some of these guys important to look at. Andy Isabella, I will call out that I have no interest. He's priced up. Uh, maybe not no interest. That's a good matchup, but here's the thing. He produced because he got two touchdowns and everybody just in general in fantasy loves Andy Isabella because he should have been really good last year, but didn't get a lot of opportunity. Christian Kirk was out. If he's back, it hurts Andy Isabella. But Andy Isabella didn't get a huge role increase. He still ran as the wide receiver four. It was Keyshawn Johnson who got the Christian Kirk role because Andy Isabella plays for the most part. They want to put him in the slot not on the outside where Christian Kirk has been playing on the outside this year. So although he caught all four of his targets and two of them and there being touchdowns, he might go higher on than he should be if Christian Kirk misses again, even though his snaps are not changing. So I'm probably going to be out on him unless he remains completely low owned. He'll be in a group for me for Arizona stacks, but I don't think I'll get as much as probably what the field is going to get. So there's a lot of notes about the wide receivers early on. Hopefully that helps. Let's move quickly into the tight ends now. And as we get to the tight ends, I'll call out yet again that you can sign up for Superdraft using the promo code SAL. That is SAL. You will get a 50% deposit match up to a thousand dollar rootskis. You get it in a slow 
slow drip format. So it basically cancels out the rake, but a lot of these contests aren't filling. So you don't even have to worry about the slow drip break. You're pretty much just getting extra money put into your bank account as you use it. So be sure to check that out. Promo code Sal, S-A-L on Superdraft, the multiplier format. I do have projections on my Patreon linked down below for that. So tight ends are early in the week. There's some injuries like Jared Cook to track. He left that game a little bit early and was limited against the Packers, but he wasn't playing out wide as much. The rookie Adam Trotman was actually playing out wide a little bit more than he had the first couple of weeks. Maybe that's a factor of no Michael Thomas, but keep an eye on that. Not going to be interested in Jared Cook for those reasons. Kelsey is the top price of top dollar dollar Ruski style dollar bills, but he's mainly going to be getting in my KC stacks. I'm not sure I want to be playing him as a one-off or in cash at the price point, but I'll be in those Kansas City stacks, especially because Mahomes is relatively cheap at 7,400. Waller got shut down. Billy B, Billy Belichick shut him down for four targets, two catches, nine yards. That's what he does, but it's a better than expected matchup in week four as Buffalo has struggled so far to start the season, especially in the middle of the field. Under Henry looks like one of the best value tight ends to start the week, at least at $4,600. Saw a 15% target share last week. He's now seen seven plus targets in three straight weeks and has a connection with Justin Herbert early on. Solid spot for him. Mark Andrews is in play for me. Mike Gusecki, John Smith, TJ Hawkinson. I'll dig into a little bit more as the week goes on. Nice to see an increased target share for John Smith in this past week. He got a good amount of targets with no AJ Brown. That'll probably change if AJ Brown's in, so track that status. Some other guys, Evan Ingram, 16% target share, just three catches for 22 yards. This offense is brutal, but he's only 4,400. He's a much better tight end than 4,400. It's just a matter of can his offense sustain drives. They're not doing it right now. We'll see if they can. I'll still be interested this week. Alton Schultz just saw an 11% target share, but his team's throwing so much that he still ended up seeing 8.8 fantasy points, four catches for 48 yards and six targets. He's in play for me. Eric Ebron had a pretty big week, ended up leading the Steelers, I believe, in receptions. He was up there in yardage as well. Now gets Tennessee at 4,200. And here's some interesting tight ends that we should talk about. The first one being Jimmy Graham at just $3,800. Yeah, I'm going to be interested in Jimmy Graham. Nick Foles came in, and as long as Nick Foles is named the starter, he threw the ball eight times in the second half to Jimmy Graham. One touchdown, a two-point conversion. Jimmy Graham went for four catches, 47 yards, and two touchdowns on nine total targets. But eight of them, eight of them came from Nick Foles in just the second half alone. He has a sneaky good matchup against the Colts, who the Colts defense right now overall is good, but they do surrender catches to running backs and tight ends, and they kind of play everything in front of them. So he'll be in play for me. Some other names that I'll call out, Logan Thomas, three straight weeks of seven plus targets. He's gone for eight, nine, and seven targets now. The offense is bad, but they have a matchup against Baltimore that's going to shut down guys like Terry McLaurin, shut down guys like Steve Sims on the outside. They'll have to work the middle of the field. I expect another six, seven plus target game for Logan Thomas. He's only 3,500. It is a tough matchup, but if he's going to get the volume, he's going to have to pay off at some point. And he had a decent week. He was in the 3K range last week as well. He ended up compiling four catches. So decent spot for him here because of the price point. I'll call out that I have no interest in Tyler Higby. Didn't have any interest in him last week, even though he went off. Look, he saw five targets and caught three touchdowns in week two. In this past week, he only sees two targets. That's not good. So he's very much so touchdown or bust. And if he's going to be expensive, like $5,700, I can't be relying on that. I'd rather pay for guys like Logan Thomas, pay for guys like Hunter Henry, who are going to get me six, seven, eight targets. Then a guy who's going to get me maybe three or four targets, but he's going to be a thousand, two thousand $2,000 more expensive. Not going to be something that I want to do. No interest in Jack Doyle as he returned. He was out snapped. Maybe it was an injury thing, or maybe it was just Mo Ali Cox looking better. Mo Ali Cox ended up out snapping him 34 to 33, and he out targeted him three to zero. Jack Doyle was not targeted. Mo Ali Cox on one of the three targets ended up finding the end zone scoring. So that's where I'm at early on with tight ends. There'll be a little bit more detail as the week goes on in my final thoughts video that comes out on Fridays. And also my closing thoughts video will talk about my exposures over the weekend, things like that for the Patreon members. That's exclusive to Patreon linked down below. So this is right now, early in the week, the best picks video, the early look video for week four, the NFL daily fantasy sports, fantasy sports slate. We'll have some sports betting content as the week goes on. I appreciate you all tuning in. And before you go, if you can hit me with the quick old like button, the big old subscribe button that's popping up right now. Thank you all so much. I appreciate you tuning in. Be sure to check out Superdraft. Promo code Sal gets you that 50% deposit match up to a thousand dollar rooskies with the slow drip format. You all rock and I'll see you in the next one.